Jeez. There he goes. There they both go. All right, man. Bucky and BK done for the day. Chaos Theory is on their way on Texas Sports Unfiltered. My name is Wags. You can find me on Twitter at Not the Fake Wags. You can find my partner Double R on Twitter at the Rodney R and on the gram at the underscore Rodney R. I'm on the gram at the Wagner Wire. What's going on, everybody? We invite you to be a part of the conversation. Make sure you're smashing that subscribe button on YouTube if you haven't done so already. Tell five friends. Be a part of the conversation. Keep chiming in in this uh, comment channel, the chat channel on YouTube. And also, if you're listening to us mobile, make sure you're following us on that Coda text line, 512-222-9328. Double R, how are you, sir, man? I'm Got any shit well. I'm, I'm doing well, my man. I'm doing well. And before, before we get into the fun stuff, before we get into the fun stuff, my friend, I'm going to ring this bell, and I want to thank you, and I want to thank all the Marines. Happy 248th. That's birthday. that's tomorrow. I appreciate that. Oh shit! That. I thought it was today. No, nah, no. Nah, uh, the Marine Corps birthday is uh is on the tenth, man. Tomorrow, yeah. baby. But that's all right. Hey, I appreciate it, man. It's yeah. um, it's going to be a forty-eight hour. Uh, I try to stay drunk as long as I can for the forty-eight hours, just because. <laughs> I mean, well, it's tradition, right? You you roll yeah. over into Veterans Day too. You know what I mean? So, um, it is uh, it's just a celebration, and the, the trick of it is is to stay drunk for the 48 hours because wow. you get so wrecked during the Marine Corps ball. And of course, I only it only takes me like three beers now to 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 have a, a hangover the next day. You know what I mean? Oh, so wow. one beer and I'm yeah. I'm pretty tore up. I'm okay, just lightweight, well, man. Usually I stay in the clouds. You know what I mean? I'm um, glad that I brought it up today. I'm glad I jumped the gun. So does this mean that on Chaos Theory tomorrow, hey, here's what we're gonna do. To start the show tomorrow, we're gonna have a drink. I mean, no Olipop, no water, no none of this stuff. We'll have a toast to the Marines. All right, we got if we do that, we got to pour one out for the ones that can't have one with us, though. That's right. We got to make right. sure that we got to make sure Absolutely. that the ground gets theirs. But yeah, man, it's um. Absolutely. So for forty eight hours, dude, uh, we we like to we like to stay as drunk as we can so we don't feel the pain because yeah. the hangover is when. It really starts to well when you get the hangover, you don't want to do anything anymore, right? Yeah. Get you know lazy. what I mean? Like yeah. drinking's fun, drinking's fantastic. But the day after is when you start paying for it, man. So for for me, man, I'm I don't know. I, I like staying in the clouds personally, man. You know, um, but I'll you know, I'll I'll get down the liquor slide. I'll go down the liquor slide every now and then, especially on this is probably the one time of year. I I, I get pretty fucked up during Christmas too, man. I get <laughs> I get drunk on the on the eggnog during Christmas. I like rum. I'm, you know, uh, Marine by heart. I got that Marine blood, so I got the sailor in me a little bit, too. So give me the rum. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. And the holidays, I mean, I know we we did our PSA last week talking about, you know, mental health and all that. And, and I think that's so important to both of us. I mean, the holidays, I mean, that's really a time right there where that can really come to the forefront. So oh, sure. Yeah. Again, again, let's not um, not not trying to bring the vibe down or anything. But uh, we Wags and I totally get if you find that, yourself uh, low in holidays. Make sure you reach out to us, dude, because we'll talk. That's right. That's right. We're here for you, man. We are here for you. Put some Baileys in your eggnog. There you go, man. Uh, is that got, a thing? Do people put Baileys in the eggnog? Man, I never have eggnog. I thought it was I, like, I, like I knew that we we used to have a lot of rum, not Irish cream, but yeah. I mean there would always be Sailor Jerry's around the house because my granddad mm -hmm. was in the uh, the Navy from time you know so there from time to time there would be Sailor Jerry's. Um, lots of Jack. Always there's a bottle of Jack. That's why I think Jack Daniels was probably my favorite drink. Um, yeah, like yeah. I'll, I'll I'll pour, you know, the imitation Jack where you have just a little bit of 
a little bit of Coke in there or whatnot, like a Jack and Coke or whatnot. That's probably my favorite drink, man. But if I'm, if I got to take shots, it's, it's going to be a bottle of Jack Daniels next to me, dude. Cause that's probably the only thing like everybody loves, um, you know, Bushwallers and, and, and stuff like that. I just, or, uh, or, or what Jameson's whatnot, the Irish whiskey. Yeah. I can't man, a, a couple of shots of those. And I am just done, dude. Uh, for some reason, Jack Daniels goes down a lot better than, uh, than Jameson does for me. And, and you know, the whole thing is, I think as I've gotten older, and by the and, way, and, when you're drinking, make sure you're doing it responsibly. That's right. right? That is the right. PSA for this show. That's, if you're drinking, uh, make sure you that's do it That's the most important thing. That's the most important thing. But I got to tell you, Wags, it, it's funny. And I think I've mentioned this in the past to where as I've gotten older and like with cycling and different things that I do, you know, it's like to me, the morning drink is not so much a Bloody Mary. I mean, I, I may if I'm at a race weekend, I may, I may drink me some good Coors Light. Thank you, Bert Trejo, for checking in uh, there on the private uh, on the private text message. Yes, we did drink a lot of Coors Lights back in the day. But it's like <laughs> these days, it's like, you know, a mimosa. Let me a mimosa. Little that's, champagne. That's where I'm at too these days. A mimosa, right? man. And maybe right? I don't call it the softer side. I call it the finer side. That's right. I'm trying to be classier. I, I mean, the older <laughs> right. I get, <laughs> the older I get, I'm trying to be a little more distinguished, man. Distinguished. You know, I'm trying to do what the finer, the finer side of life does. That's all it is. <laughs> that's, you know I mean? that's I've the done the beer can. I've done the you know smashing beer against the the beer cans after you you know. You crush a beard and say, dead soldier. You know what I mean? Like, no, nah, yeah. we ain't doing that no more, man. We're trying to be finer. Pristine. Yeah. yeah. I, I had a friend. I had a friend, now that you mentioned that with the beer can thing, I had a friend that came over the other day. And, you know, we we may have had, you know, 12, 15 beers, you know, whatever the case was. And he's, he's like. Night, like, you guys, you're still on that level? Oh, of course. Rodney, dude. you're a king. Dude. If you're, if you're, if you're, if you're putting all 15 to 20 with a, with your buddy, that's yeah. 10 a piece, dude. And you're dude. still standing, and you're, st I'm still standing. Yeah, I'm dude, a race car driver, right. dude. Look at this gut. I, I, I mean, you think, yeah, this you're is a badge better than of honor. I am, my guy. You're definitely this is a badge of honor right here. If you can, but, if you can take but, 10 beers down, you're better than I am. I'll say that. We So we get done with this, and my buddy's like, let's build a beer pyramid. I'm like, uh, no, let's recycle that shit. See? I'm more sophisticated. I'm like, in the old days, you would have built a, a beer pyramid. Now I'm like, let's put the shit in recycling. And you go home uh, in a very safe way. I'll get you home. And um, we move on. Uh, okay. Back to sports. <laughs> <laughs> Back to sports. All right. Michigan awaiting potential punishment from the Big Ten. Um, what do you think that the Big Ten needs to come down and issue punishment or issue uh, reprehensive uh, measures on Michigan. Do you think they deserve one? Of course, sure. Uh, but how far does it need to stretch to the entire team? Does maybe Jim Harbaugh wear this completely on his chest and kind of just take this for the team? And if he does that, how much more is Jim Harbaugh willing to endure before he says, see it, uh, you know, college football, I'm back to the NFL? I really think I heard the conversation this morning to where if you're going to do something, I mean, and Tony Petiti is the guy right now that, uh, I mean, yeah, welcome to being the Big Ten commissioner. I mean, you were the one, this is solely on you, because the NCAA, they're they're going to drag their feet, they're going to drag their dick in the dirt, and they're not going to do anything. But I really think, Wags, if you're going to do something, you got to do it now. I, I don't think, and, and maybe it's coming down. Yeah, we got two weeks till Ohio State, we talked about. Right, right. I, I mean, do, do you ban Jim Harbaugh and, and um, 
it, it gets so tough right now because you don't want to, I don't think that it's right that you're going to punish the folks that are coming in. I mean, this needs to be the team or, or the, or the regime right now that, that, that you punish. And I got to tell you, so do you punish the kids because of a scouting that's scandal the, or do you punish the coach? Part. Right. That's the messed up part. I, I mean, it's like, I mean, the kids, did they have an idea about this? Probably not. And and I actually heard, I, I don't put a lot of stock into the talking heads that we see on ESPN and all the different places, but I heard Paul Feinbaum talking about something, I think it was yesterday, where he was talking about, he correlated this exact situation to the old days of the Southwest Conference. When, when SMU, all that bullshit was happening back in the late 70s into the early 80s, they, they, they smashed SMU. And all of that happened, uh, you know. Oh, they, killed they killed the program. They, they killed them. They killed them. They set them back thirty years. They're still not right right now. And is that is is this something? Depending what Tony Petiti, no pressure. Depending what he does, is this something that can destroy this conference? Well, or or, or if he doesn't right? do anything, does it destroy this conference? Here's the thing with like so far from what I've gauged from the. Big Ten is, or the consensus from the Big Ten is that right now Petiti is kind of liked by the Big mm -hmm. Ten. And yeah. he still wants to keep that, hey, I'm a friend of the big, you know, I'm a friend of all the teams here type of mantra, right? Type of, uh, uh, I guess, type of, of characteristic, type of trait. Um, he, there's got to be tons of pressure for him to make a move from, you know, of course, you know, Ohio State now with Ryan Day, you know, they're they're chiming and saying, hey, man, what the hell is going on? Are you guys going to make a move on this thing? You know, what's yeah. up? This is clearly unfair. They've got a tactical advantage. Um, they've, Rodney, you've seen what they've done week in and week out. A stealing signals does not give you an advantage of 40 points or of a margin of victory. They're dominating on the field, sure. And, and let's go back to the to the kids that are actually executing on the field. They have no idea. I can almost assure you that they have no idea that this is right. going on. Why? Because yep. loose lips leak ships, all right? And if you are Harbaugh, and I, this is all hypothetical and speculation, right? Because Harbaugh still has nothing proven that he knows anything about this or had any recollection that this was going on. It's all speculation that the head coach knows that everything is going on. And because of an NCAA bylaw, there is, in, in fact, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but the head coach is responsible for everything that goes down in his program because he's yeah. yeah. suspected to know he is the CEO, right? You're suspected to know if you're the CEO. So by that, for that, I, I don't think that, like, you would want your, your scout to be uh to be known by the rest of your team that he's out there right you kind of want to keep everything close to the vest that way your reconnaissance mission goes on successfully you don't want loose lips sinking the ships man that's all i gotta say and in doing yeah. that how are the kids how are the kids accountable for that if they have no idea or recollection and again this is all hypothetical i'm just spitballing here you can't give and and you can't punish the kids also because I think that Michigan is the best team in the land right now. If you take that in what I talked about yesterday, if you take Michigan out of the fight, you're always and, and I'm still and I'm one of the fighters left. I'm always yeah. going to be wondering, man, did we have what it takes to beat Michigan that year? Yeah, and, and that's a whole thing. I mean, it does no good. It does absolutely no good to let this thing play itself out. And we get a year and a half, 
two years back into this thing. Let's say Michigan wins a national championship and you take the championship away. What what good does that do? We all saw the game. We saw everything that happened to me. That's asinine. That, that's the only way that I can say that. And, you know, we go back to the with all the USC shit. And this is the same thing right here to where it's like, you know, what's Harbaugh going to do? Is he going to to head to the NFL and go coach a Bears or, or, or your team? I mean, what the hell is going to happen here? I take him in New York. I would take him in New York. But see, I, I think the plan, I don't even think the problem's uh, Dable in, in New York. It's it's the damn line. It's the front office. Like, Mara and company used to be fantastic, and now just over the past five years, shit has hit the bed, or or it's just hit the fan, dude. Um, Like, you and you want to think that Harbaugh has to leave the, the collegiate level, right? Like, there's no way that he would keep putting up with this thing. He's gone for, what, two seasons now of, of harassment? From the uh, from the NCA or not the NCA but um, the but the Big Ten. Um, yeah. If I'm Petiti here, suspend Harbaugh for two games, allow him to come back for Michigan or for Ohio State, and let's see the clash between Day and, and Harbaugh, right? Because honestly, dude, it's it's it comes down to marketing and making money, and that's what the Big Ten wants. If the Big Ten if the Big Ten punishes Michigan, they're punishing themselves. Yeah. Like they're they're literally punishing themselves. So. Uh, it's a, it's a, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. If you're Petiti, man, like you got to keep people happy. That's for sure. But you also, um, man, you, you don't want to punish yourselves because you have two of the best products in college football right now. And, and here's the thing where I really look at this, you know, moving forward, what's going to happen because this can drastically change just everything about, uh, about college football, um, things about high school football. Uh, I mean, because what, what's going to happen right here. I, I mean, I know a lot of coaches, and those guys reach out to each other and they ask each other, so what's going on here? I mean, what if I'm playing X Oh, yeah, team, there's a good old boys club. There's a good old boys club. It, it is definitely a good old boys club. And, and the whole thing is, and this is where I'm so torn with all this, Wags, is because, like I was talking about yesterday when I made the racing analogy, is, I mean, you do everything that you can to give yourself the, the advantage to win a contest. And, I, I mean, the whole thing is, if you sit there and, and study all these signs and all this all these things that these people are putting up, if you can figure that out, I mean, if you can figure something out that's going to give you an on-field advantage, is that really a bad thing? And that's where we go back to, and I think that fine line is drawn to where it's like when you're doing the electronic stuff, when you're doing all the video stuff, but 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 here's the other part of that. Here's the other part of that, Adam, where 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 I struggle with that is like that. we were in the techno the technology is so crazy these days. It's like is it a bad thing to utilize that stuff? I mean, I, I, I mean, I think sign stealing clearly is malicious. Um, or, but do you want to win? I mean, it's an act of malice. We'll just say that. Like you're not like like you're trying to do. You're trying to do malicious thing. I mean, you're not causing well, harm to the damn team, but you're stealing signs, right? Like you're not well, out here just having a hot dog at the damn game and enjoying, you know, the weather. Well, you're actually well. trying to, to steal signs. And it's not like you're scouting their plays. You're trying to go one up and scout the signs. To me, I'm still all for that, man. I think it's all love, you know, all is fair in love and war and whatnot. Of course. Um, but I mean, it, it's your job. If you are the head coach of the opposition or any head coach, you need to protect your signs. You need to know that people are out there or suspect that people are out there trying to do this stuff. And I'm, it, it, Rodney, and that's where it happens all the time. Michigan's the only one that got caught. You don't think Michigan's going to be taking people under if they go down? 
this is just getting started. And they're, they're starting to. And, and that's a whole thing. I think where the fine line is drawn right there. I, I mean, it's one thing to go over there and figure out a way to do that. Whether you involve the technology, whatever the case is, that, that that's part of winning the battle, like you're talking about right there. But when you put the the Italian stallion, Connor the stallion, on the sideline over there. On, now, now that not a porn star? Now that that's right. When you put that damn porn star on the on the sideline, that's kind of where it's like. And I mean, and, and don't dress him up. I mean, if you're going to put him on the sideline of of the opposition it, coming up, it, don't on, we got their gear. Plural though, it's Connor stallions, right? Stallions, yeah, plural. stallions. Plural. Make sure we, we make sure we we put some respect on the name. There's there's multiple of it. Oh, sorry. We'll 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 get a link up where people can check him out right I'm here on Texas. We're getting him on the show, damn it. I want stallions on the show. I, I think we need to. I, I think we need to. We'll get Connor Stallions on here and ask him what he did to figure out those sign stealing things. I don't even care about the sign stealing shit. I want to find out about the career they had previously before becoming <laughs> a, a, a you know a staff uh, member of the Michigan Wolverines. I know damn well he was over in Silicon Valley. He was so good pretty, at his job they had to I'm hire him. Damn sure. he, he was so good at his job. His he was so good at his previous life that he retired when he was like 25. <laughs> hey man, that's a good gig to have, dude. Tucking that it is in his sock. Tucking it in his sock. Him, my brother. That's the guy. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't know. Like to wrap this thing up with with Michigan here, man. Um, the way that I see it, Harbaugh. I, especially with Michigan's <laughs> biggest test of the season so far with Penn State coming up this Saturday. I think if Petiti suspends Harbaugh now for two games, you see the litmus test of Michigan going up against Penn State without Harbaugh. That could rock the program a little bit. They'd suffer. That's tremendous punishment you'd like to think, right, going up against Penn State. We'll see if, if Alart yeah. can actually do something to beat Michigan here have a little bit of a law the next week and then have a return to battle return to glory Michigan or Michigan welcomes back Harbaugh going yeah. into Ohio State Ohio the biggest State. game arguably in college football to have day show off against to have day show up against Harbaugh I mean hell it's it's written on the damn it's you can see it written on the wall. It's plain as day. It's going to sell so many, so many papers, so many headlines here, Rodney. Uh, I think this is exactly what the Big Ten wants, and we all know that I got a crystal ball for for getting scores right and money right. I kind of got a narrative down too, so I think this is the way yeah, it's going to go. I mean, it just makes so much hoopla for for college football here, man. It, it's yeah. it's stupid not to do it this way. Yeah, you, you are the Mario. Show, bro. Everything's a show. Yeah. Yeah, you are the Mario Crystal Ball of Texas Sports Unfiltered. There's no Thank doubt you. about it. But I'm a that. lot better than he is. I'm but, a lot better looking than he is. So but like he, here, here's the whole thing, Wags. I mean, no matter what happens right here with, with Tony Petiti, it's, uh, man, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't, man. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's going to piss it, somebody off. No, And that's just it. When you're leadership, when you're upper, when when you are the, the head of the table here, when you're the CEO, you, you can't be liked by everybody, right? Like, and you, you're... You're paid to make the hard decisions, dude, and this is going to be a mm -hmm. tough decision. I think you just you you got to make the right one here. You can't you can't punish the kids. I don't think that you take any type of uh, reprimands against uh, Michigan here. I think it's all got to come down to Harbaugh. Even though the head coach is part of the team, 
Yeah. Um, you gotta you gotta give credit where credit is due. I don't think that any anybody on the team knew per se or knew officially that Connor Stallions was on sidelines yeah. in Central Michigan. Um, you know, scouting well, other oppositions. Man, I just and, don't and I'll tell it. you, so, Wags. Here's the Here's the messed up part for me is is what's going to happen here if the Big Ten intervenes here and, and they're going to – and I hope that happens. I Could mean, be for, exposure. For this, Could be exposure. We'll see. For this mess, I, I definitely hope it happens. But, I mean, here's the shitty part about this whole situation and, and talking about depending what the Big Ten is going to do, depending what the NCAA is going to not do or whatever, I just – I mean, this is just kind of the way things happen right now is if the Big Ten drops the hammer on Michigan in, in whatever form or facet. Let's say you're going to throw Harbaugh out for a week or two or whatever the case is going to be. It's like, here we go. What's going to be the answer? Well, Michigan's going to say, well, we're we're taking you to court. We're going to sue you. And and that's, man, come on, man. Uh, you know, it, I've said it so many times to where I dig in and I watch sports to get away from all the bullshit. Right, exactly. And you're bringing the, the bullshit world. in the sports. Right, right. And then you bring that in. I mean, I don't want this to become a court case. And I mean, and that's a whole thing where I, I I will say with the whole fine bomb thing that I was talking about with the Southwest Conference, go back and look at that shit. They gave Eric Dickerson a gold Trans Am. Was that really a big deal? They were paying guys a little bit of money. Look at the shit going on now. Uh, but again, that was but back it's legal. In the game. It's legal. It's legal. Now it's okay. And And if I'm one of those SMU alums, I'm looking back at that and I'm saying... But anyway, to each his own, my guy. To each his own. All right, let's talk a little bit more about the Longhorns on Saturday here. Um, you know, we can break it down as much as you want. Uh, Dykes and Company is gonna gonna try and give us, uh, you know, our, our best up in Cowtown, like you're talking about. But I, I think the writing's on the wall. You come out here, you run the ball here, and you go into a victory. I talked a little bit about this with BK yesterday. Um, mm -hmm. Our front four, our defensive line has been owning uh, the trenches for the most part, right? Without dialing up pressure, right? Without dialing up five, six man pressure here. I think if you can continue to have good gap responsibility and gap assignments here with your front four, you're going to take a lot of pressure off that secondary, right? You'll allow them to drop back and get into some lanes. You won't have that many holes or that many gaps in the defense. That's been the kind of the vulnerability in the middle of the field here. Get a good pressure or get a good press rush off of a uh, pass rush rather off of the front four. And I think you yep. should be good, man. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that is going to be the key because uh, you know, the one thing that, that it does seem that that TCU is able to do is it, it, they do throw the ball. Well, so, so it's going to be a good test for, yeah, you know, but I mean, their, their biggest, their best players there is their running back, man. Right, 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 right. No doubt. But, but that kind of plays to the Texas strength right there. If you're able to shut that down and, and that kind of goes back to, you know, Blake Gideon and, and the staff there, you know, in the secondary, I mean, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? I mean, you know, with Josh Hoover, I mean, this is a backup quarterback, but, you know, he had four touchdowns and over 400 yards against BYU. I mean, but, you know, we can sit there and, and question how good that is right there. So I, I think it is going to be a thing to where, you know, talking about that front of Texas, the strength versus the strength, the running game versus that. You shut that down, allow them to test your secondary, and, and you coach your secondary up to to be prepared for that. Right. And, and again, this goes back to game plan. It, it's pretty obvious. Um, I don't think we're going to see anything that's going to surprise us. So it's really just a matter of being able to shut down the strength versus the strength. No, even even that 
that first scripted couple of plays won't surprise oh, us. Yeah. We'll, we'll see those, man. Um, and you know, yeah. TCU or excuse me, um, yeah, TCU shouldn't shouldn't feel surprised anyways when they see this uh, on, on the first series of plays that roll out. Um, yeah, I, I kind of mentioned it yesterday. I thought that the passing attack for the Horn Frogs would be a lot better if Hoover wasn't the starter. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I just thought. I thought Morris gave him a little bit more through the air, um, but but Hoover's been you know Hoover's done well in spells. So uh, again, this team still you know runs uh, you know runs on the blood of, of Bailey here. So we'll see how we'll see how their their rushing attack bodes up against this defense that really just eats you alive in terms of of rushing defense here. So um, I think that with these four main dudes. I mean, and you could argue that Texas probably has two of the best, what, defensive linemen in, or, or definitely oh, in the conference. No. Two of the best defensive linemen in the conference, arguably two of the best defensive linemen in the country. Oh, no doubt. I, I mean, there's no doubt about it. I, I mean, the, the strength right there of the defenses right there along the uh, of the, along the front. Hey, Sal, welcome in, my man. Do you think the weakness is the secondary? Because I is. think the secondary is. Is, is coming along and playing a lot better. But if there is a vulnerable spot on this Longhorn defense, it is the secondary, right? Yeah, I mean, it totally is. But this is where I go back to because I love how you break this down. And, and feel free to do it again. Because to me, it, it really seems like I think the linebackers are, you know, with with the strength being on the front there for the Texas defense, I think the linebackers are more apt to want to crash for, to crash down to prevent well, yeah, I mean, the that's your natural progression. You're going to take right. three steps. I mean, yeah, you're, yeah. you're trained as a linebacker to take your first two steps should be forward, as a matter of fact. 100. You're going forward. And I think that whenever that breaks down, I think that's where they're they're failing to, to react to that and go back into coverage. And, and I mean, I, I love the way you describe it because that really is the thing right there. It's that it's the middle. It's the middle that sometimes seems to be susceptible. And I know a lot of times, you know, we, we do because I go to the secondary. Spot on the defense, right? Like the middle of the field is just the most natural vulnerable spot. Like you just attack the middle of the field. It opens That's, up. Right. It, it opens up because exactly what we're talking about right there. Because you, we, I mean, we, they coach them to crash. They coach them to crash, and that's I mean, especially with a with a tremendous pass pass rush. I mean, that that's exactly what you're going to do. You're, you're you're going to crash into the line of scrimmage, and, and the linebackers' first two steps are forward, and the you know the secondary's first two steps are backwards. So that backwards. Nat, that hole naturally just opens up, and that's why we call it the no zone, right? And then once that's the linebackers exactly right. get back into their drops, and you see the secondary get back into the drops, that hole that pocket still creates. It still it it forms right, and what mm -hmm. what tight ends. Um, you know, slot wide receivers are taught to do, especially if you're, you know, if you're trying to find the holes in a pocket there of the zone, you just go and you sit right behind the linebackers and wait for your quarterback to find you. If the quarterback rolls right, you slide right with him, man. You mimic him and you come back to the ball. It's pretty simple football. We just got to execute it. That's the whole thing. I mean, the pursuit of the football. I mean, that is a lot of things. And, and kind of going back to what we're talking about right there, I just think that that sometimes maybe the linebackers they 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 are accustomed to that 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 front is going to have such a push that you just naturally go, and then when something reverses itself or the quarterback gets outside the pocket, that that's where it's like oh shit. Right, and then, right. then you're reacting, you know, instead of being proactive, you're being reactive. And, that's and even on defense, you can, I love what you just said there, you're reacting, right? But even on defense, you can still um, in, entice, right, the offense to go where you want to go. Like talk, Sark talks about that too, right? Like he, he really 
plays off of what the defense gives him, which right. I agree with. When you're on offense, I mean, there's no reason for the for you to allow the defense to set the pace of the of the game, right? Defense, though, however, with the offense is you know uh, acquiescing and allowing you to do to do that, yeah. which by you know by all means that is one hell of an advantage that they're giving you. You set the tone. You're allowing them to now react off of what you're doing. I don't know, but then again, some people some people are better countering off of others. You know what I mean? Some people are better, you know, countering off of off of you know the philosophy that uh, others throw out there. To me, I'm the one that that sets the tone. I'm hitting you in the mouth. Now you have to react. Sorry. That's that's really the whole thing. I mean, and I think that's the key, and and that's what needs to happen here. Wags. Good morning, I mean, Sal. What's up, brother? You, Texas needs to come out and just just establish, just take control of this ball game. Play four quarters of football. Lean on that defense. Uh, I mean, I mean, let them. I mean, and, and we talk about the secondary, but hell, Michael Taft has three interceptions in the last three games, and it's like yeah, we can sit here and uh, say that he, just, he finds himself in the right. He's got a nose for the ball, man. He just finds himself in the right spot, dude. Uh, I'd still say the secondary, regardless of how surprising they've played, is still. They are the weakest link of yes. the defense. That is a very formidable defense. They just We would like to get the secondary up on pace with the defensive line or the defensive front seven. Yeah, th th that's the whole thing. And, and uh, you know, is and I think this would be a game, to, a good game to try to establish that 100. because they are. They're going to, the TCU is going to test you. They're going to test you. And you, gonna, it, it'll be on the ground mostly, man. I don't think the secondary will be tested too much through the air. I mean, that's, yeah. that's going to be the only way that TCU can actually win here, Rodney. But still, I think that the secondary is not going to struggle that much at all against these horned frogs here. Um, if you're, if you're PK, you're getting your boys ready for a downhill battle because what TCU does do well is run the ball. They don't, they do. They just don't throw it as well as they need to, um, to be able to put themselves in positions to win the ball game. And I mean, that's why you're seeing, uh, that's why you're seeing their, uh, their record the way it is now, man. You got to yeah. be able to, to play. You can't be one dimensional on Saturdays or you're just going to get dominated. You're going to get the same. Yeah, and on the defensive side, I mean, the, this week, I mean, I, I want big games out of Mo Blackwell. I mean, I want Ethan Burke. I, I mean, these guys, I, I want them to have. Oh, the defensive line's going to hunt. They're going to yeah. eat, bud. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. But David Benda, these guys, man, I, I want, I want every, I want all of these guys to have a big game because that right there is going to tell you that this is a total defensive effort that that happens here, and and it should be. I mean, you should control the flow of this contest, and I, I don't this. I just want I just want a four quarter football game here, Wags, because we seem to have forgotten how to play that. It seems like we knew the stalwarts coming in on this defense and who they would be. Yep. What are some of the surprises from this defense that you've seen so far in this campaign, or who you know, are some I, of the surprises? Honestly, honestly, we were just talking about the front. I'm surprised that they are this damn dominant. I mean, I, I knew that they and were going to balance too, right? It's not, you know, we, we talk about, you know, Sweat and Murphy and, and you know, the other big boys. Yeah, but Terrell, hell, man, I mean, yeah. Sorrell yeah, is probably my surprise of uh, like, Dude. he is probably 88 has probably been the biggest surprise of this season coming in. Like having an edge rusher like that, you, you being able to see Burke do what he did at Westlake, you knew that it was there. You just didn't know if he was going to be able to get on the field and be able to do this, but having 88 mm -hmm. in, uh, and 91 being able to just, or excuse me, 95. It, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. 95 or 91. Yeah. I, I think it's 91. Yeah. 91. I, anyways, Burke Whatever. and Sorrell, <laughs> these two coming off yeah. the edge, man. 
tremendous compliment to the interior of the defense, allowing pressure, I mean, hard pressure coming off the edge. It's something that we haven't seen uh, since uh, 2000, 2012, maybe. I'm, I'm trying to think when Jackson, um, Jackson Jeffcoat uh, was... 12. 12, 13, the, 14, yeah, yeah, back in that around time. Around that time, like circa 2012, yeah. Uh, yeah. Jeff Coat was the leading sack getter in the Big 12, I believe, Yeah, that year, yeah. right? Like, we haven't had that in a long time, and it's been damn near a decade since we have had a tremendous pass rush like this. Exactly. It's fantastic, exactly. man. It's key to victory. It is key to victory. Yeah, I mean, and and that really is the thing. We we knew they were going to be good. We knew they were going to be good. I, I mean, we knew, you know, with Byron Murphy. I mean, we knew all of that was going to be in place right there. But the way that these guys have come in, and 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 it is, it's the full front. I mean, coming off of the edge right there. I mean, that is so important because even these teams. When I mean, the, the whole thing is shutting down that Kansas State running attack that we just saw this past week, forty-seven yeah. yards, whatever the hell it was, but. What I really like about what this defense does, and we can talk about, you know, with the linebackers and all that, and we can talk about with Blackwell and these guys, but the way that this front is able to to stretch, they don't, they're not allowing teams to get to the outside to try to get to the edge, and it's the dudes in the, it's the big guys, right? It's the big guys that aren't allowing teams to get to the edge, man. No, and think, that is massive. I didn't see that part coming as effectively as they're doing it right now. I think we take away that from the opposition very well. I think, you know, and what I'll go back to where, where we get hit in the mouth from time to time is up the middle, right? Like, yeah. I think, I think when the opposition comes out in uh, 11 personnel or 10 personnel and we're spread, you know, from sideline to sideline. And then the, you know, the quarterback comes out there and yeah. you know does like, the, you know, does some magic with his legs and then beats a one-on-one with a linebacker, which just should not happen at all. That's a cardinal sin. Um, that's where we usually get dominated or or get uh, get got right. Like when you spread us out and run us through the middle, that's usually like the 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 don or the kryptonite, right? Like that's usually mm -hmm. where we get beat or we get gashed. That's what. And you go back to Oklahoma. That's what they did, dude. They spread us out and they ran us up the middle. That, that's exactly right, and, and I mean, go back, go back and look, because I know a lot, a lot of the conversation. And I think you and I have probably said it, but when you really think about it, is this yeah, like so, this right here, right? This right here. I'm sorry to cut you off there, Rodney, right. but what Jake brings right. up. He, sorry to. Uh, they hope they stop sending Barron on a weak blitz. Here's the mm -hmm. thing, though. Barron's such a tremendous tackler. You know, when you send Barron into the backfield and he gets to and he gets to the target, he is going to make the tackle. He breaks yeah. down well. He hardly over he hardly overruns any of his tackles, and he makes sure that he gets them on the ground, dude. He's tremendous. He has great technique, um, but also he's one of your better pass. You know, he's one of your better uh, um, defensive backs that gets yeah. in second yeah. that gets back in coverage well too, right? I think maybe if you put a package into where you have Blackwell blitzing, uh, lining up in, in the spot where, um, uh, you know, where Barron would be there in, in yeah. a nickel spot or whatever. Because, I mean, we've seen, we've seen Blackburn or Blackwell drop back in coverage, but it's come from the hook to curl in the linebacker yeah. position, right? You put him on the flat there, you put him on the edge and send him, my goodness, man, and allow Barron to, to come back in another sub package like that, that's, I, I'm not on PK staff, but I, I can envision one hell of a blitz package or a scheme coming up like that that, tr that could – send uh, the opposition into one hell of a frenzy. So, 
And kind of what I was going to say right there is we can, we can go back, and I know we naturally go back to the Alabama game because that was such a big win for the program. And in, in my opinion, you know, we we had the discussion yesterday about one-loss teams and all of this other happy horse shit about who's whatever. You know, that that's still your strongest win. But I, I've heard a lot of folks talking about, well, you know, it's, it's pretty – How strong was the Kansas State win? In my opinion, very strong. Okay. Very strong. I mean, with, top 25 especially with, second, especially with your backup quarterback, right? That was a pretty yeah, game. Especially with, yeah. And then the other part is, well, they come and knock Oklahoma off. And it's like, right. Oh. So, but, or, or the, uh, the Kansas State. Uh, Kansas the Kansas State. State win. Yeah. Yeah. Top 25 win. I'm sorry. I was thinking about Kansas. But kind of going back to the Alabama thing right there. You know, so many folks are talking about, boy, Jalen Milrow, he sure has improved after that Texas game. Well, how about we say, how about we say, damn. That Texas defense, they stifled Jalen Milrow. That's what was said the week after. But now it's like this kind of really explains to the whole what I was talking about, you know, not allowing to get to the edge. And 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 that game, and, and it's funny, you go back and look at that game, that seems to be the one that where we're sitting here talking about linebackers maybe, um, uh, you know, pulling back or, or – or, that didn't happen that game. <laughs> so yeah, it's I like, mean, I think maybe to your point, that's why we're not getting the credit, you know, that Texas exactly. really stifled Milrow there. It's because they actually had a fallback and, you know, had a lapse in, in mental breakdowns there with allowing Gabriel to kind of look like a goddamn Heisman, excuse me for taking the Lord's name in vain, but allowing Gabriel to look like a Heisman trophy uh, candidate. So uh, to me, man, yeah, do the little things, right. Execute breakdown in the middle of the field and, and, and make yeah. the play, man. Yeah. And, and don't be so vulnerable there, but I don't think that the Longhorns will struggle that much this Saturday. I think it should be well in hand. Um, even with, uh, you know, your second string quarterback going out there, man. And, you know, we've been saying it, dude, he is, he is QB one at the moment, dude. And I don't, uh, BK and I talked a little bit about this yesterday too. Um, Quinn Ewers could be coming back next week, but I don't, think so man i think he's probably got a, maybe two more weeks but i know um you know medical modern day medicine is a lot better than what it was 20 years ago so i still can't yeah. put my arm up over my shoulder without it clicking so and you know honestly popped out so honestly wags i mean you 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 don't need him to come back or you shouldn't need him you, to come you back shouldn't need him to come back but I, the, ames scares me going up to ames scares that me. one doesn't worry me yeah just because it's 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 one. It's almost like going into the Bermuda Triangle, man. Just anything can happen when you go up to Ames, dude. It's just why it's a wild atmosphere, that's for sure. And Matt Campbell yeah. and company get it done. Well, I mean, hell, dude, Iowa, Iowa State's pretty damn good, bro. Well, and the whole or, thing or, is, or they're, or they're a pretty damn good program. They used to be. I would well, and and you know that you know Kansas State and Iowa Iowa State, you know the next two weeks they're going to sit there and and they're like you know Texas is susceptible. I mean, and don't you want to be the one to knock them off? I mean, don't you? Everybody want to wants to be the one to knock them off. Like we we talk about everybody gets up for for Texas yeah. man, but also everybody gets up for Cover B Cave as well, Rodney. Man, they sure as hell do because if you go out to. Um, Man, take that drive out uh, Highway 71 and go check out all the beauty out there in the Texas Hill Country. It is Covert Bee Cave, three state-of-the-art dealerships, seven different brands that they're going to take care of you there. Um, new and pre-owned specials each and every week at CovertBeeCave.com. You can dive on there, and they're also going to take care of all your maintenance. I mean, don't. I went out yesterday, and I had a buddy that came over, and he wanted to look under the hood of my car. And I said, take a look. And we're looking in there, and I'm like, man, I don't even know where the oil filter would be in this thing. You know what? 
go to the dealership, 86 service bays. They're going to take care of that shit for you. <laughs> and they'll get you in and out of there. Don't spend the whole day at the dealership. Uh, they're going to take care of whatever make and model that you have and get that done for you. Oh, by the way, if you're looking for the Fords and the Chevrolets, you can head out our way, uh, Wags and I up north. We're northerners. We're Yankees up here in Williamson County. Covert Hutto. Hop them, hop them, hippos. Come on out and see us uh, in Hutto. And, of course, the staple, the Fords and the Lincolns over off of 183 with the Covert family since 1909, serving you, your family, your grandchildren, probably sold a car to your grandparents. They've been around that long. They do it the right way since 1909, the Covert family. Check them out at covertbcave.com. And remember, as I always say, everybody else says it different, but I always say, nobody beats a Covert deal, not now and sure as hell, not ever. And you also know about audiovisual consultations, guys. Everybody knows about them by now. 512-255-8678. That's avconsultations.com. Look what's behind my room. Nothing but tremendous success from AV Consultations to flat screen televisions, 4K style with arcade units. And downstairs, we got that dream theater that I'm always talking about, man. No jobs too big, no jobs too small. They can put your game units up on a wall as well. Did you know that? Maybe a, a golf simulator for when the weather gets bad out there or a outdoor TV for your patio with chiminea mm. for those nice fall winter nights or nice fall nights rather when you're watching some football outside. AVConsultations.com since 1988, setting the standard in audiovisual automation. That's 35 years, folks. 512-255-8678. That's AVConsultations.com. All right, man. What are some other uh, games on this slate that you kind of got a little bit of a little bit of a, an eye for? I mean, I'm not saying we're not going to talk about the money right now, but what are some some intriguing bouts coming up this Saturday? You mean other than oh, I, I thought you meant the Thursday night football battle tonight that I I, I fucking can't wait to watch. We, that we, uh, unfortunately, I am, I am. we do have to cover it, but I'm trying to put it towards the the last portion of the show here because there oh, okay. isn't that much relevancy to talk about with these bears here man uh, i was gonna say man i i'm circling my night around this football tonight i mean everything bears that I and do, panthers dude it's not it's not much <laughs> let's talk a little bit about college football before we talk a little bit about the game tonight man because it's going to be a damn stinker Penn, Penn State, Michigan, dude, I, I'm sure that's the one that, you know, all the eyes of the country are going to be on, you know, with the scandal or, you know, let's see what happens today. You know, the soap opera, the, the bold and the beautiful, I tell you for crying out loud, young and the restless, guiding light as the world turns, one life to live. Shit, I can't tell you uh, what all this is going to be right here. But uh, man, did you I, watch them all? Did you watch them all? Dude, I used to, the young and the restless is actually the one Get that the I would. Rodney. Man, I. Man, my life used to, around 11 a.m., the young and the restless. And every now and then, every now and then, I check back in to see what's going on. And it's still like Victor Newman, uh, Lauren is still, Lauren Finmore, she's still on there. Nikki, uh, Victoria, Nicholas, Sharon. The only, the only person I know is, is, the woman, is the woman that would get nominated every year and never won the damn award what was her name oh that's susan lucci that, that susan was lucci, uh, yeah that's the only of our, uh, no uh, one life to live I, I that's the only uh star soap opera star that i ever remember growing oh, up anyway. man me and my buddies we would all it was like 11 a.m in the morning and and we, we we would all i mean even when when you could like vcr and take these things or dvr whatever we would all me and a bunch of dudes just sit around there and watch the young and the restless man that was that was good stuff 
Uh, I know a lot of these guys. I know a lot of these guys watching this show. See, all my children. See, there you go. People don't want to admit it. Chat, chat. What is, are you serious, chat? Come on, man. We're sitting here with all my children in the days of our lives. Come on. You guys are better than this. I'm better. You're better than this. No, I'm not. You don't watch soaps. We don't do soaps. We're I not don't kids. anymore. We're not I mean, I, mean, I don't anymore. Guys. Come on. But but I do uh-huh. check in every now and then just to see how many of those people are still right. alive. Since we're, since we're on since we're on the topic, what is your best sitcom, or not just sitcom, but what is your best show other than sports when you're not watching reality television? Because the only only reality TV out there is sports. Damn it. Some of it's scripted, maybe, but still, it's reality television. What yeah. are your favorite? And I want to hear from chat too. So make sure you're yeah, you guys in the chat us. channel as well. I want to hear what your all's favorite shows are. But Rodney, what is your favorite show to watch when you're not watching live sports? I really, I really don't have one now, Wags, because I mean, for for me, a lot of times what I'm doing is going back and watching things. And with the racing stuff, I'm always trying right, to rewatch get, sports. And stuff. Yeah, That's right, why I, re- I said live sports. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to tell you, dude. I I talked about this yesterday. I am a sucker for those lifetime movies, man. I, I don't know what you it and is. Bucky. I will sit there and man, I have been at race events where I get done at 2 a.m. I go back to my to, to my hotel to crash out. And dude, I'm up till 6 a.m. watching the fucking stupid ass lifetime movies, man. Uh, I don't know what Why? the deal is. Why? I know. They're stupid. <laughs> I mean, they're dumb. Well, I the mean, ones with like Michael Landon and everything, like uh, Heaven oh, Can Wait or whatever it's called. Um, no, these are the new hell? ones. These are new ones. You know, it's like, it's like kind of that. It, I think a lot of it is to where it's back in the old days to where to where a lot of that, you know, some of the it's a little risque, but not quite too much. You know, if if, if you want to see sex, there's places to go find it. But this is kind of that one that kind of it dabbles that carrot in front of you where it's like, oh, and right like when it gets weird, good, you, we go to like, commercial. You like some weird things, my guy. Why tease and torment yourself like that? Just go for the real deal, man. You only got to go to the hub. It takes like two oh, seconds there. to get there. Dude, I loved your story about uh, the doctor. You got to tell that story not, on this show. Dude. I did not like my story about the doctor. Dude, you got to tell I, that story on this show. Now I'll, I'll tell. We'll tell it. We'll we'll tell it another time here, man. But I, I think uh, no, I'm embarrassed about that story, dude. Um, oh, my, I think if I'm not watching, if I'm not watching a replay or or a run back of 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 a game or whatnot, if we're not trying to get any film or or whatnot, I'm probably watching. I've enjoyed Loki. I haven't enjoyed much of the the newer Marvel stuff that's come out. Yeah, um, Loki Loki's been cool because it's trying to tie. Like I didn't even I didn't even find Ant Man uh, in Quantumania, Ant Man and the Wasp in Quantumania. I didn't even find that compelling. I thought that was rushed. I thought it was um, poorly done. Um, but um, Loki has been able to kind of tie a little bit of the storyline together for Marvel. But other than that, man, usually what I find Barely enjoyable is still going back to the office. Like I watch reruns of the office almost every damn night, dude, or Rick and Morty, you know, like I'll put, I'll put Rick and Morty up on it or Archer, Archer, anime, adult animation. Um, what was it? Liquid television back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that was my jam, man. That's where I, yeah. that's, that's what I vibe to most of the time, dude. Or if I'm not, if I'm not watching the office or anything like that, probably parks and rec dude, like a, a good Ron Swanson. I can't stop watching Ron Swanson, man. 
He's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Probably one of you my know, favorite characters. It, it finally it, it took me a while to to figure it out, and after a lot of recommendations, but I finally got into Ted Lasso, and I really did. I really did enjoy that a lot. How and much I think did it, that change your life? Let, now that's in Jake. Yeah, one hundred percent. Guardians of the Galaxy three has been the best. It's been setting the standard. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, to to your point, Rodney, how much has Ted Lasso changed your life? You know, seriously, I, I gotta, I, and I'm, I'm serious. Like I'm not being hyperbolic no. here. Like I'm I'm very no. real yeah. like he that's the, not just the character itself but just like the the stories that go on All inside of, of ted lasso man All how much it. does that change your life your, your outlook it, it's it's so much about the stories not not so much about the sports stuff and the way that people would hook me is it, it's like he's a coach you'll love this and and that's where people kept dropping me that right. nugget to, to to hook me in that way. But when you go back and you watch that, and like you and I were talking about, I mean, you and I talk about mental health. And we're very open about that kind of stuff. But when you sit there and you go and, and you watch that and just the trials and tribulations that you deal with in life, I mean, what, when, when you sit there and watch that, and it's very realistic. I, I mean, that's a whole thing where I think with a lot of what I've seen in Ted Lasso, you can put yourself in that, in his shoes, you know? Yeah. And and it's like my God, it, or it, someone it, in or or a character in that yeah man show yeah it's it's a game changer and when you and when you see like like the the team owner or whatever that becomes like a real human but at the same time kind of changes colors and has to do uh, you know the, you see the like the business side of stuff to where it's like it's so cutthroat but at the same time it's it's you become a human it, it I I highly recommend that to anyone that has not seen that because it um. Man, it is, man. It 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 will change your life. It seriously so, will, dude. I I I go through life usually with a calloused perspective. So I try not to allow things that are barbaric or on the outside into my life, right? Mm -hmm. Um try to protect myself as much as possible and my family. Yep. Um so in doing that, you know, with that callous journey i kind of put up a wall you know barriers so that people don't get in um after watching ted lasso my entire outlook on life changed uh i got a i won't call it softer um i uh, maybe a little more empathetic uh i would think um especially with how i would treat you know sports criticism you know what i mean like going you know not dealing uh, or not thinking about what the hell's going on in the minds of, of the players, right? Just thinking about yeah. what the hell I wanted, you know, what I wanted to see out of them, their performance of what I wanted to see them perform to, their my standards that I wanted, right? Um, and not so much what the hell is going on in their minds. So after watching Ted Lasso, man, I think you really get a good understanding, not just about psychology or sports psychology, but psychology in general, man, and just about how how humanizing a show can be to allow you to just kind of be empathetic for what all is going on, not just within, you know, the confines of a game, but, it, you know, within one person's life. Yeah. It, um, you know, just, just in my life in general, uh, you, you know, it's always been one of those things to where I've, I've you know, in the past, uh, I've always had a, a problem with, you know, letting a grudge be done. I mean, just let that be done. And, and, and 
not taking shit personal and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's only been as I've gotten older that I've kind of been able to to be empathetic. And I think that's really the big thing that that, that you touch on right there. That it's and and honestly, you know, I say it so many different times, Wags. It's it's really it, man. It's okay to not be okay. And I, I was just never programmed that way. I mean, it, it wasn't okay. I don't, to think, not I don't be think any okay. of us are right. Like most of us are taught to kind of you know yeah. stand as stand as tall as you can and not show don't any type vulnerable. of don't be right. vulnerable. Don't be vulnerable. Yeah. You know, don't show any type of vulnerability at all, man. Just always uh always be a stone wall. You know that's what my granddad mm-hmm. always taught me, man. Don't show mm-hmm. anybody that you got a, you got a problem going on because one, uh, I was taught that they either don't care or they're rooting against you. You know yeah. what I mean? So that's what my granddad always told me. Yeah. So. yeah. And 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 when you're vulnerable, they're going to suck you up. That's yeah, a whole 100%. other thing. It's like that chip on your shoulder, man. They're, yeah. they're coming for you. All right. Yeah, well, that's kinda, and that's why that's what made me so so damn calloused, I think, man. That probably the damn Marine Corps, too, you know? So anyways, well, man. But yeah, that's that's the, that's my little spiel on Ted Lasso, man. I think I'll make that road. <laughs> What's that? I said, how'd we go down that road? Yeah, I, you, I mean, but that really is a, you know, that really is a great out there that haven't watched Ted Lasso. I think it's fantastic. It's, you know, people might be um, reluctant to watch it because it's about soccer, uh, but it really, or, or, so or, or about it's soccer centric or whatever, but it's really not. So, uh, I mean, it's really not just about soccer. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's what is the catalyst and drives the show, but it's usually about life problems, man. They it's take the life stuff. problems and, and, in all kinds of walks and, and uh, avenues and journeys of life, and they really dump it yeah. in and pile it into yeah. that that soccer centric show. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you'll enjoy it. I think uh, it's one of the best damn shows that I've seen out there, man. Um, I don't know if I do the rewatch of Ted Lasso. You know what I mean? Like I watch like sitcoms. I think Ted Lasso is a little bit too serious for me to watch over and over and over again. It is a melodrama. I wouldn't or. I, no, it's not a melodrama. It's comedy. It, it's yeah. it's a it's a drama really com. It's a drama com, is what I'll say. It's a dramedy comedy. I really got into Shit's Creek there when that was something that was. Dude, I love that show. Shit's Creek's good too, man. Shit, but part. I mean, you just for me, Parks and Rec is is yeah. kind of one of the standard man. Parks and Rec yeah. in the Office, I think, is is two of the best shows that are out yeah. there, dude. Um, yeah. Thursday Night Football. It's a good show. Um, it is. <laughs> it is. I mean, somebody's got to win. It's football. I mean, all football is good, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Is it hey. not? Is it not? Hey. I mean, yeah. Lions, I'll take it. Lions and Bears. Do you have to? Do you have to torture yourself to watch this? I mean, thankfully, if you oh. got AB consultations, you can watch multiple games. That's the hey. best thing about AB consultations. You guys got to call hey. them today. 512-255-8678. So you don't have to put up with Thursday night football all on your own. Someone can help you out with you. Carissa Thompson will be on the pregame. Carissa Thompson will be on the pre and post game, so I'll watch it. That's all you like. That's all (laughs) there is. There it is. We know know what your motivation is. There's your reason. Hey, back to the college. No, we got to break it down. We have to talk about the game, dude. We have to talk about the game. Bears (sighs) playing some decent football. I mean, of late, showing a little bit of signs of life. You know, getting busy during the, you know, the the free agents, or excuse me, the um. The trade deadline there and acquiring sweat from the commanders, bringing him over. He's starting to to look a little bit more acclimized with the Chicago Bear uh, locker room here, man. What do you think that does for the Bears moving forward? Do you think it gives them any type of hope? They were able to get into you know uh, a contract uh, renewal restructure with uh, with sweat as well, man. So I mean, things could be looking up. Fields maybe getting a little bit more healthy. What do you think here, Double R? 
Well, and that's the whole thing. I think if you're the if you're the Bears at this point, I mean, I think that's what you have to figure out. I mean, if once you get to 2024 moving forward, I mean, is Justin Fields going to be your guy? And and that you know that, that's kind of where it's a bad a bad sign on him because the failures or the lack of the uh, productivity, whatever you want to call it, it's all coming back to Justin Fields. But I mean, you get into situations like this, Wags, and it's like, man, this is an organizational thing. I mean, it's just not. Right. It's Maybe it's not a good fit. I mean, it's just not right. Do you think him. it's all been on Fields though? Because I no. think there's been times where Fields has played well. I, I really, I, I, I agree, man. I, I really think that he has played well, and that's that's where it sucks. The life of an NFL quarterback, you, you know, to where it's like whatever, you know, they're two and seven, and people are going to look at that and say, well, the failure of Chicago is Justin Fields because he is the the he's the quarterback. You wear you, you wear the you wear the good and the bad light whether you like it or not if you're the quarterback that's for sure. But you could I mean you could argue in these this young pool of the quarterback talent that is scarce in <laughs> the NFL. Um you got Justin Fields, you have a Kyler Murray who's returning to action or should be returning to action this week. You have um a Kenny Pickett Trevor Lawrence, yeah, uh, Stroud, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Love, Daniel Jones is down and out. You got Danny DeVito's uh, nephew, Tommy DeVito, coming in there uh, for the Giants. You got um, the Sam Howell Commanders. You got Heineke. You got Herbert uh, yeah. and Mahomes. I mean, there's out of the young, talented quarterbacks, there's only two or three really ones that are that are the stalwarts there, right? There's yeah. still a lot of unknowns. We saw some good stuff out of C.J. Stroud. We'll see if he's able to replicate that. Trevor Lawrence seems like he's ascending to the quarterback that we thought he'd be at the professional level. But still, there's scarce pickings here for NFL quarterbacks, man. Yeah, yeah. Danny DeVito, uh, they're playing quarterback for your team with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as a fullback with his uh, with his donkey. Um, and that's you, you have all that going on. But but how about how about tonight? Uh, you know, with everything that we've seen with C.J. Stroud, boom! Here comes the number one pick in the draft getting to play on national TV. Yeah, Bryce Love outplayed C.J. Stroud a couple of weeks ago, man. So yeah, can yeah, he be, be able to turn this on? I mean, you'd like to think, and, and back to this point, I don't think the Bears get rid of, of Justin Fields here with, with the I scarcity wouldn't. of quarterback play here. I think they found a little bit of what they what they thought they well, they drafted and got, man. And, and for me, I think he's shown a lot better skill than Daniel Jones has or um, or some of the other, you know, unproven quarterbacks that are around the helmet. Hell, he looks better than Bryce Love. Well, and I think the I whole thing is... Bryce, I know it's Bryce Love's first year. I, I get that. And I think the whole thing is, I mean, if you're Chicago, I mean, do you want to build around this dude or do you want to do like it all so often, you know, move on to the next big thing? Because this really is going to be a very quarterback eccentric draft that's going to be coming up. There's going to be a lot of different opportunities right there. And and the, the I think the storyline with this game tonight, Wags, is... Who's, who loses? I mean, because the yeah. loser is going to put yeah. themselves in the spot for Caleb Williams or whoever the hell it may be. Who and, does and the least? Who does the least to lose too? Right? Like who screws up the less? You're right. Right. And and the whole thing is like we were talking about, you know. And that's a funny thing to me where it's so funny now, you know, looking back, you know, with the Texans last year with uh, with Lovey and them, it's like, well, damn, they couldn't even figure out a way to lose. Well, they they seem to have done okay because with C.J. Stroud, they. It's a damn good thing they didn't lose because they'd have got the other damn guy. They'd have got Bryce Young. <laughs> yeah. 
Hey, partner, great show today, man. What do you got going on for the rest of the day? Hey, before you do anything, let's tell them about Great Blue Heron real quick before we get oh, out of here. Right. Great Blue Heron Furniture, man. We got to tell you about those folks. Custom Leather Furniture furniture Company, uh, founded back in 1991. It's Longhorn owned. So much of what happens is all local. I mean, they, they try to keep everything as much as possible right here um, with us. Focusing on heavy leathers, hides, fabrics, ranging from that cool modern farmhouse to the traditional Western. And that's the really cool stuff. Don't be like me and sit in one of these junky chairs that you buy at one of the shops down the road. I'm telling you, Wags, when I put this chair together, I wound up with six screws afterwards. And I, I don't know where the hell it is. And that, that's why it squeaked so bad. You're not going to find anything better quality than great blue hair and furniture. I promise you, more comfortable, better built. There's a link right here in the YouTube uh, video. You can go up there and check that out where the doggo is. Check that description out. And by the way, if you use the promo code HOOKEM, you're going to get 15% off of that purchase. And you're also going to get you one of those badass Last Stand hats, which you can also find our collection uh, at laststandhats.com. Use that promo code. This stuff is built to last for decades, not months, not weeks, not days, decades. You're going to enjoy this stuff. Look no further than Great Blue Hair and Furniture. Check them out on that link or 866-247-9688. They will take care of you. You'll be glad you got together. All right. That's going to be all for us, man. We are about to get out of here. Hey, we do got Thursday night football, even though it is the battle of the basement. Woo! It's still football, wait. guys. It's still football. <laughs> BK, my guy, thank you for so much for uh, coming in and spelling us, man. How, hey. how, how's your day going to go? What's up for you? Huh? How's my day going? You got any craziness? You going to have any shit stories? How's my day going to go? Well, I don't know. You're asking for a prediction. Hopefully it goes well. That's, uh, I've got to get my oil changed. I'm going to Paul's Motor Works, one of our great P and, uh, oh. pre and post game sponsors. I'll go, uh, I'll go do that today. So hopefully my car makes it there, um, <laughs> all, you know, to get my oil changed. But uh, now we're good. I'm just, I love how much love you have for, the former fourth round pick of the Washington Redskins wags because you keep calling Bryce Young Bryce Love the old. I, know, I don't want to correct him. I don't want to correct him. <laughs> and I'm just you like just I, I don't even. I don't even think Bryce Love's parents love Bryce Love as much as you do, man. <laughs> I do give Bryce Love a lot, a lot of credit. I think I, for some reason, I mistake Young with Love all the time. I, I thought for for some reason he was Jordan Love's brother. For a long time, and they don't even have the same fucking name. So, <laughs> oh my god, yeah, Bryce Love. I don't know what he's doing these days. Great college running back at Stanford, won the Doak what Walker he, Award, was a Heisman he, finalist. Yeah, he's in, fantastic. Uh, 2017, I think, is when it was. But uh, hell, he might be better at quarterback than Bryce Young these days, man. Tell you what, maybe. But hey, thanks. Thanks for the uh, correction. I appreciate that. And that's going to happen all the damn time because I'm in Wagner's world here. You guys know that shit. Oh, man. I thought it was a bit. And I was like, should I just let this one go? No, but, no. it's It was real. Like, I thought I was calling him Bryce Young for, for real. I didn't know why I was calling him Bryce Love. Thank you, guys. Oh, man. That is great. Yeah, I know the Texans, uh, you know, Texans fans were mad that they won that week 18 game against Indianapolis. But it's, uh, it's looking like it's working out pretty well for the Texans, right? Because... Regardless of what anyone within the Texans organization might tell you, if Houston had the number one pick, they were taking Bryce Young. They wanted yeah. Bryce Young. They couldn't get him because Lovey Smith on his way out gave the Tom Herman double birds and won that meaningless week 18 game against the Colts. That caused the Texans to drop from number one to number two. But once again, it, it worked out pretty damn well because C.J. Stroud looks like the real deal, doesn't he? Yeah, I know that, you know, 
it's one hell of a game that he had, you know, over the past, you know, the past week. Will he be able to replicate that? Will I mean, there's going to be a drop off, right? There has to be a natural drop off after that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's not going to put up. I mean, that was one of the three best statistical games in NFL history. There's only been three quarterbacks. There's only been three quarterbacks in the history of the NFL who have had 470 passing yards, five or more touchdowns, and zero interceptions in a game. Three quarterbacks or three rookies? Three quarterbacks. Quarterbacks. Yeah. So, of course, he's not going to replicate that. And it's not like this whole year has been amazing. You mentioned it. He lost to Bryce Young in Carolina a couple of weeks ago. That's the only Bryce game Love, Carolina's buddy. Won. Bryce Love. Bryce Love, as you like Bryce to call Love. him. So, it ain't always going to look like that for CJ, but it's, uh, you know, midway through their first seasons, it looks like CJ Stroud is going to be the much better pro than. Bryce Love, Young, whatever the hell you want to call it. Bryce and and I'm Young Love. Like, uh, all you Steelers fans out there that think that Kenny Pickett is your guy, uh, C.J. Stroud has already surpassed Kenny Pickett on quarterback play. So Hands That's are right. too small. Yeah. 9.2s, baby. 9.2s. Can't even grip the ball. Get all a right. man hand, guy. Get a man hand. All right, Good I'm out of here, guys. I got to get ready to go to work. You guys be good. Have a great day. All right, all great right. job, guys. We've yeah. got uh, – Yo, manana.